0: Hi, I'm Bernard Leung, and you may know me as the executive who's always curious about how government agencies deal with trade in Southeast Asia. And in my spare time, I want to know what the Australian Trade and Investment Commission is doing in the region of Southeast Asia. You're listening to Analyze Asia, a podcast dedicated to dissect the powers of business technology and media in Asia. And today, I have Talia Rabin Trade Commissioner to Singapore with Australia Trade and Investment Commission. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: Hi Bernard, great to be here today and thank you very much for taking the time to do this interview.
0: Thank you for also hosting me in the Australia High Commission in Singapore today. I think we're going to have a pretty interesting conversation about the Lending Pat initiative and how Australia has been helping Australia companies coming into Southeast Asia. But before that, I would like my audience to get to know you better. How did you start your career?
1: Hello to everyone today. I guess really my career started when I finished high school. I went straight into employment. And started working in the insurance sector. This is going back a little way before email, before the internet, for those of you out there who can remember that. And one of my first jobs, I think I was 17 at the time, one of my first jobs was actually sending checks to clients and customers And every check we had to put in an envelope manually before automated payments and things like that. And I realized, I think, that business and all business relies on a lot of very small transactions. And some of those are putting checks in envelopes. But then, uh, look, from there, you know, I went on when I was older, went back to university, studied and had a a range of roles. Again, I worked in the financial services sector, but also in higher education, mainly in quality assurance and risk assessment. And then started working with government sort of, you know, mid-career and did uh, in international trade, export development and industry policy. And then been working with Austrade now for about eight years in a variety of roles. Mm. And you mm.
0: travel across the world?
1: Most of my travel, particularly, you know, with Austrade, like I said, I've been with Austrade eight years. I, I worked for a while on project work in, in Malaysia. After that, I spent a couple of years up in Hong Kong, where I got to do work both in the Hong Kong market and the China, mainland China market as well. I've been here in Singapore about two and a half years. And in that time, I've been able to do work in Indonesia, Philippines, Malaysia, a little bit in Thailand and Vietnam, and been to Myanmar for a a couple of projects as well, but predominantly focused on the Singapore market.
0: And of course, the reason why you're here is that you you can also share about some of your experience, given that you have been to many countries from China all the way to Myanmar. Hmm. So probably just very curious to ask, what are the interesting life lessons you can share with my audience?
1: Wow. I mean, life lessons, And from a professional point of view, I mean, the life lessons are that, that business happens everywhere. Networks are really important, but often you don't know who are the most important part of those networks. You know, you always have your key clients, but you should never neglect those clients that you don't yet know where the element of success will be. So keep be open to meeting as many people as possible and make sure those networks are, are healthy and broad because you don't know how you'll be able to connect people into the future. On a personal level, I mean, you know, resilience, you have a lot of challenges. Never give up. Keep pushing ahead for whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Particularly in business, you need a lot of resilience. And there's always someone out there who will be able to connect you to the next person and the next right person for you. So so just keep pushing on whenever you have those
0: challenges. And we come to the main subject of the day. We want to talk about what is Austrade doing with the landing pad and its entrance into Southeast Asia. This is the first time I actually have a trade commissioner on my show. So it's actually very interesting to know where how different countries can come into Asia together, particularly for small and medium businesses. As a start, maybe I would like to understand Austrade better. Can you describe the mission and vision for the Australia Trade and Investment Commission and how it operates as a government agency?
1: You know, we have quite a, a narrow focus. So Austrade, the Australian Trade and Investment Commission, um, shortened to Austrade, which is a bit easier to say say, really our task is to increase trade from Australia to other markets, in particular my area is in Singapore, so increasing trade between Australian companies and Singapore and also increasing investment between Singapore and Australia. So we work with Australian companies who are trying to expand their operations and expand the markets that they export to and grow their share into Singapore. And from there, obviously, we all know Singapore is a great hub for the region, has connectivity throughout Southeast Asia and the world, whether that be through its transport connections or its financial markets connections. So we also use that as a Singapore as a bit of a, a jump off point into other parts of the region and other markets. And we also know that Singapore is a capital, a centre, global financial capital centre. It does a lot of work around investment, so there's a lot of capital flows through Singapore into Australia into major infrastructure and major investment uh, opportunities there too.
0: So, what is your current role and coverage as the Trade Commissioner yeah. of Singapore with Australia?
1: As a trade commissioner, I look after different priority sectors for us. Here in Singapore, I look after our food and beverage sector, which includes traditional food exports into Singapore, but also now increasingly includes work in the ag tech and food tech space. And that includes investment work into Australia, as well as bringing up new food and ag technologies into Singapore. I look after our health and medtech space, and again, medtech is a growing area of export. We've got quite a deep capability in Australia, and we're bringing up more companies. Last year, we brought up a medtech delegation to Singapore, and we've just taken a couple of Singapore companies down to Australia for a large event in Melbourne. I also look after our construction and smart cities space. Again, we've got a lot of Australian companies working here in Singapore and the region via Singapore in the sort of built environment space and a lot of work going on there. Also I look after education and we have Singapore is Australia's number one partner for delivery of higher education courses so we have about 20 Australian universities delivering programs in Singapore and we have a lot of partnerships both in education but also in R&D through our universities and we're doing a lot of work around that space. And then I also look after our landing pad program, which is a a relatively new program. It's been going for about two years up here in Singapore and globally. And uh, we'll talk about that in more detail. Mm. Uh, I'm sure. Mm.
0: How does Austria help businesses in Australia come to Asia? I mean, you have alluded to the fact that they come here. They make most likely their first touch point is through you. But how do you set them up? For example, maybe visit to companies, for example, facilitation of management of strategic partnerships.
1: I mean, this is a great question, and this is really is our key, our core work, and our core, our core mission is to help individual companies. We have a team here in in Singapore of about 15 staff who look after the different priority sectors that I'm mentioned and a few others as well and they have broad networks here in Singapore and networks that understand the market opportunity here and also understand who the key players are. So when we have an Australian company and just in the last couple of weeks I've had a couple come to me the first thing we do is we tell them about the Singapore market. We give them information on what are the trends here, what are the business conditions, what's the operating environment like, how competitive it is. We talk to them about their product as well And sometimes that's a very clear product, sometimes it's a a broader service. But we talk about how they see it entering the market. We give broad advice. We may also connect them to other agencies and specialists within Singapore who can provide additional advice. Sometimes that may, may, may be around regulatory conditions or special licenses that they may need to operate. A good example is in the financial services space. Obviously, we do a lot of work with, with MAS, and we may do connect them into, those, into that type of agency to get sort of regulatory advice. When they actually want to come into the market, we connect them to individuals and individual organizations who may be able to give them an opportunity, as in an actual commercial outcome for them. Sometimes, and, and Singapore is a highly competitive market, it's globally exposed, so you've got to be top of your game when you're in Singapore. So we try to make sure that when Australian companies come up here, their selling messages are you know, very precise, their points of differentiation are clear, and that they come in with a clear strategy to engage with Singaporean organisations to get that first win under their belt.
0: Just to help my audience, MAS uh, means the Monetary Authority of Singapore and is part of uh, doing the regulation. Then, if you are very interested in things like blockchain, tech, this time they are probably the people that you definitely interface with. I understand that Austrade now have a program called The Landing Pad, which is how this conversation came about. Mm. The vision is to create a platform for local enterprises to collaborate with Australian startups and help them find success in the region. And by region, we will mean the Southeast Asia that will include the Association of Southeast Asian Nations with some people called ASEAN. So can you describe The Landing Pad more from a global scale point of view and specifically a drill down to Singapore and what is the mandate of The Landing Pad?
1: Yeah, thanks, Bernard. I think if we go back a little bit, and I think all your listeners would agree that you know business is changing. These startups that are now a really important part of the sort of broader economy, and how they innovate and how they accelerate innovation, particularly related to technology, you know, new sort of technological advances, and how companies can take that up. This is happening everywhere, and it's happening in Australia, and it's happening to a lot of our businesses. So we, AusTrade, you know, we've seen around the world that we're getting new types of businesses wanting our services. And so we we wanted to help design a program that's going to be able to specifically help these types of business accelerate their growth internationally. And traditionally, our services are mainly for well-established businesses who have an export strategy, who are very clear on their products. What we're finding in the tech space and the innovation space is that these companies are much more agile, they pivot rapidly, they can move into a market and out of a market and make decisions in a matter of months. They have different funding models and different, I guess, revenue revenue models as well. So we needed to upskill ourselves, I guess, and design a program that actually can increase the success of these businesses. So, back in Australia, we we had a, a national, I guess, agenda around our national innovation and science agenda, of which this Landing Pads program is part. This is, a, this is a national strategy for all of Australia, but it includes an international component. And so, in recognition of these changing businesses and the opportunity around innovation and technology, the Landing Pads program was established in five places around the world. Shanghai, San Francisco, Berlin, Tel Aviv, and Singapore. I'm a little bit biased, but I think the Singapore one has been the most successful. We love seeing uh, more innovative companies come up here. But it's been established for, I think, in total, the program started about two and a half years ago. We established here in Singapore just over two years ago. We've had eight cohorts of companies come through. And uh, just talking about the Singapore program in a little bit more detail, it is a a landing pad. It's like an incubator program, although more for sort of scale-ups rather than early stage startups. So what we do is we take Australian companies that are innovating and that have a strategy to go global, and they have a product which, you know, is assessed as being ready to go global. We bring them up to Singapore for a 90-day program. So we actually have a physical location for our landing pad, and that's in the city at JustCo at the moment. They're provided with a a physical location, a desk, so they can come in, they have a place where they can uh, sit down and continue to work. We give them access to a landing pad manager, which is a dedicated resource to help them over those 90 days craft their business strategy and, and enter the market. And over 90 days, we try to accelerate their growth, you know, to make them successful. And so far out of the 38 companies that have gone through, I mean, we're having some really, really good success. We've raised, uh, I think, more than $24 million in capital, you know, for the companies. We've had nearly half of them establish offices here in Singapore and, and hire additional staff here in Singapore. We've had many companies go out into the region, Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines. I think one has already gone up to India as well. And we've probably signed, I think the number we use is about 50 agreements. You know? So a lot of enterprise partners. Uh, a couple of Singaporean government agencies as well that we're doing uh, either pilots or partnerships with through our companies. And we're also connecting them into the Australian traditional business sector as well and into the Singaporean ecosystem. So we're seeing momentum building and other winds coming through the landing pad program as well.
0: Interesting because I think when it comes to Australia, the most prominent tech companies I would think of would be Atlassian and 99designs. And recently, there's a company called Canvas, which raised a a lot of money from uh, Sokoa Capital. And in my domain, in drone delivery, there's a company called Nova Systems. They're actually working with our Civil Aviation Authority of Singapore. I'm very curious to know what success really means for the landing pad all over the world.
1: I mean, traditionally, with these innovative companies, success is is about the bottom line, you know, and their growth. And, you know, we all talk about unicorns and great, you know, Atlassian and Canva, you know, really fantastic. And Singapore's got, you know, the unicorns as well. Everyone loves to talk about those big successes. The landing pad, though, is a, is a program, you know. So while it's fantastic to see our companies that come through the landing pad program do well financially and go to their next capital raise and be successful... For us, what we're trying to do is we're trying to re reposition, I guess, the innovation ecosystem of Australia, make it more global. So that's the first thing. You know, the, the research back in Australia shows that those startups that start with a global mentality are more successful than those that don't. So, so one, we want to give them a channel to go global earlier in their development, right? So that helps the ecosystem as a whole. The second thing we want to do is we want to raise the profile of Australian innovation. Every country is innovating, and I think in Australia we've got some unique solutions to some problems, and we want to accelerate them, make them more successful, but also share that technology and those solutions increasingly the the problems that business face are not just local they're international whether that be around production efficiencies whether it be around multiple market access points whether it be around you know technologies that accelerate the efficiency in the use of different materials and here we're talking about sustainability these are these are issues every business face so if we've got technology that can address some of those we want that to be shared more broadly and we also want to build greater platform between Australia and Singapore for all companies to move back and forth in innovation. They're the different types of successes. But in saying that, we also love to see our individual companies do well. And that's always, you know, makes you very satisfied. Since the launch
0: of the Pad in Mm -hmm. Singapore, I think at least two years, what are the number of startups that come here and what industry verticals are they typically in? Can you share about two or three startups that can, within Pad in Singapore? Yeah.
1: We've had, uh, as I mentioned, we've had eight cohorts come through our program. So we're up to 38 companies. I'm just trying to think which would be the best ones to talk about. From an industry vertical, we're agnostic. We, you know, we open to any company that we think meets our criteria and will be successful in the market and is committed to the market. However, we've probably seen two, two or three areas that we get a consistent high percentage of, of companies come through. One is around sort of logistics tech, and in Australia, logistics is a big sector. We're a very large company. The movement of goods and services across us across Australia geographically presents a lot of challenges. So we've got a lot of efficiencies in that space. A couple CEC systems, which does collapsible containers for the shipping industry, has done incredibly well and gone on to set up here in Singapore and also has operations in Vietnam. So they've done very well. Matchbox Exchange, yet again providing a, a technology platform for mapping and uh, monitoring the movement of shipping containers so that they never physically idle. At the moment, a lot of shipping services leave containers between jobs sitting in a yard for a long period of time. And what this does, it creates efficiencies within that sort of system. We've got quite a few logistics companies using different platforms, using AI, bringing in new technology solutions for efficiencies in that sector. The other one I think uh, we get quite a few companies is in the, in the medical space. So med tech and health tech, cloud-based systems for diagnostics and imagery. Z Technologies, they're one of our early cohorts. They've done well and established up here, branching out into the rest of the region, doing incredibly well. Anatomics, which does 3D printing, sort of for medical purposes of bones of parts of the body. And they've been highly successful globally in a very niche area, so are very specialised and have been involved in a couple of very high-profile medical cases where they've actually been involved in saving lives that might not have been able to be saved without that technology. And they've established here in Singapore as well and, and gone on to great success. So there are a couple of, couple of areas that we, do, that we have uh, concentrations of companies coming through.
0: I also understand the Landing Pack program has also aligned with Singapore's push in cybersecurity as part of Singapore's uh, Smart Nation program. Can you talk about how, the, how did that work?
1: We've got a concentration of cyber companies on our current cohort with, uh, I think, 50% of the companies in the cyber space. And we all know... Globally, cybersecurity security is, is really important. Every company, it, it impacts across every vertical, every part of industry. Data is now key in the success of businesses and which means cyber is very close behind that. So this group have come up with support from AusCyber, which back in Australia is cyber sector industry, industry group, which is supported by the government. And they've put a priority on engaging into this part of the region. Last year, we worked with AusCyber to bring up a delegation of companies, and that was highly successful. And so we talked with them, and they said, let's see if we can get a concentration of cyber companies onto the landing pad cohort, and we have that now. We're already doing quite a bit of work with them, with organizations here in Singapore. Obviously, CSA is the big uh, cybersecurity authority here in in Singapore. Also, i 71 which is Singapore's cyber incubator program. So we're doing some work with them as well. And uh, we think this is an area clearly where the problems, the, you know, they're global issues. And if we can work together to solve some of them or at least uh, create better outcomes for companies, then it's a win-win for, for everyone involved.
0: I want to change the conversation a lot more in looking at the region as a whole. The Southeast Asia, or some of us call ASEAN as a whole, has, is a very different set of nations together. There are developed markets like Singapore, They have emerging markets like Indonesia, Thailand, and then there are frontier markets like Myanmar. From your perspective, how do you look at these markets and how do you help companies to think about expanding into these countries when it comes to Southeast Asia?
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a great question. I think when you're looking at innovation and the program through the landing pad, you know, sometimes those terms around developed and frontier and established sort of don't really make sense because we're getting, you know, cohorts and concentrations of capability in different markets around the world but if we talk about Southeast Asia where you know companies are being incredibly successful when traditionally you might have described you know Parts of their business economy is still developing or frontier. But so we we really look at the opportunities and try to engage companies with the opportunities as opposed to looking at the broader sort of, I don't know, what you might call an economic definition of, you know, of economies in the region. We've got unicorns coming out of Indonesia. We've got massive momentum building in markets like Manila and, you know, the, the Vietnam as well. Luckily for us, Australia being a government agency, we have offices in all these markets. You know, so I think we have 10 offices across Southeast Asia, Singapore, you know, Indonesia, Malaysia, Vietnam, Thailand, Philippines. We have teams there that are out working in the economy with business, looking at these trends. So the first thing we do when we, when we bring our startups and scale-ups into Singapore as part of the landing pad program We sit down and we do a market briefing on the markets across the region. That's the first thing we do. We've got a little bit of some little reports that we've put together that we share with them uh, around what we see some of the key trends, some of the hotspots. We provide this information to them. The rationale, some of the companies that we have that come up from Australia already have a strategy. They recognise that Singapore is incredibly important as a market. But, I mean, we all know Singapore is small from a consumer point of view. If they want to look at secondary markets in the region, we will already help them with that. We'll plan a visit to those markets with our offices in those markets. For other companies that are coming up and they really are just looking to establish in Singapore before looking at secondary markets, we provide a much broader brushstroke around the trends, where we see the opportunities, who some key decision makers in the markets might be. We're also, our offices across the region are also working with, you know, incubators, with government programs in those markets to establish partnerships where we can, we can physically place companies, you know, on a short-term hot desking arrangement. If they come up to Malaysia, they can go and sit in the, you know, the magic incubator down there, you know, for either a couple of days or, you know, a period of time. So we're forming those sort of partnerships as well. And that's through our traditional Austrade offices.
0: So, I think from a government agency's perspective, then, how do you h- help these startups to set up for their market entry into the region? I guess my question is a little bit deeper mm-hmm. in the sense that um, what do you look out for from the government's perspective and also from the company's perspective? Because I think um, there may be, sometimes there may be conflict as well. between government relations is very important as well.
1: Yeah, we don't really see much conflict. I mean, we're very lucky. Like I said, we're, we're an agency that's focused very much on supporting business. That's our, our mandate and supporting those businesses that want to expand into the region. So while the landing pad program itself, we have a panel back in Australia, an independent panel that startups and scale ups have to apply through to get onto the landing pad program. Right. So that's an independent process. Once they're on the landing pad program and they, they come up, we will, we will work with them to meet their goals on that 90 day program. Now we we do a bit of a pre-work with them. So before they actually come up to Singapore, we'll sit down with them. We'll have uh, you know video conferences with them. We'll work with them on their goal setting. As with many companies, and I'm sure your listeners see this all the time, especially with the startups, they're very aggressive. They have a wide range of goals. Our, our task at that early stage is really to narrow down their goals. To say you've only got 90 days. Let's. What are the number one things you want to achieve? Some of that is enterprise partners. Some of that is capital raising. If it is expansion into a secondary market, Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, et cetera, well, then we will work early, so even before they get up here, to make sure they're connected to our teams there, that they understand the trends and that the goals they're setting for those markets align with what our people on the ground are seeing. So, so those discussions happen, happen very early. As a government agency, the businesses, they have commercial outcomes that they want to achieve. Our job is to help them achieve them. I don't think, certainly in the landing pad program to date, there haven't been any conflicts around that. You know, I think occasionally there's some, been some companies with, you know, uh, goals that are probably too big for what we can achieve in that time period. But that's a challenge, you know, for all of us, for them, for us, and um, for the market as well.
0: Oh, I thought maybe sometimes if you go enter into a country and then you might require a certain license to operate, I think there's some, some of the thoughts that came on from the question itself. But I want to last, ask this last question. What are the key challenges for startups typically entering into Southeast Asia?
1: So the biggest challenge, I think, is that they've got to be ready. And I think a lot of companies, and this is not just from the landing pad, we, we have a lot of other Australian startups coming through Singapore. And under the broad landing pad program we've been working with, a whole variety of incubators in Australia to bring up for you know sort of boot camp style. that come up for a week and meet people and, and things like that. And that's that's a brilliant intro to the market before you might come up for a ninety day program. Increasingly, we're also working with Singaporean incubators to do a similar thing back in Australia. So that two way exchange is really important. But the big thing is you've you've got to have a, an understanding of the market of what you can achieve. You've got to uh, be committed to achieving that and and often we find with companies that come up Singapore being highly competitive you have to be very focused on what you want to want to achieve during your time here whether you're coming up for a one week boot camp whether you're coming up for a 90 day program or whether you've got a long term you know objective over a say a 12 to 18 month period of establishing and growing into the region you have to stick to it you have to be committed to it and you have to make sure the structure of your company back in Australia and when you establish here in Singapore is structured in a way that will be able to facilitate and continue to support that i think in general you know singapore is a is a very welcoming an open market. The ecosystem here is growing every day Uh, I'm not sure if you were at our recent launch we do a a small launch for our landing pads every time they come up every 90-day program you know I think we had more than 80 people there really enjoying connecting building that networks connections into Australia connections we had the cyber cyber cohort there so connecting into the cyber sector it's really important that you come up and you connect into the ecosystem you take all those connections seriously even though they might not seem it in the first first wash and that you you're present here uh, and I think if you do that, I think you can succeed.
0: And many thanks for coming on the show. And in closing, I would love to ask you two questions. I, I think the first one is, can you recommend a book or anything from movie to podcast that have recently made an impact to your life?
1: Okay. I probably, I mean, I did see the uh, Avengers, you know, the, uh, the film that was that was very sad, the end of, end of an era. But uh, in regards to technology, I read a novel recently called Walk Away by uh, Corey Doctorow, who's a, I think is a Canadian writer. And um, it wasn't recommended. I just, I, to be honest with you, just picked it up in a, in a, in a bookshop. But, it, but it's really, you know, it's a, set in the future, but it's about how technology can make changes to your life. Um, and how that impacts on, on not just business but how social structures are formed around technology. Really some really interesting ideas in it. Some really interesting ideas. That's mm-hmm.
0: a good recommendation. Mm-hmm. And my next question is how do my audience find you?
1: Well, here in Singapore, we have a we have a website where we put up lots of information, www.austrade.gov.au forward slash Singapore. we also on LinkedIn. We have a big presence and we post quite a lot on LinkedIn, both myself but also Austrade as well. And they're probably the, the two two easiest ways. However, if you're down at the Australian High Commission, you can reach out, drop me an email or via LinkedIn, and we can catch up that way as well.
0: And from our Australian audience, you hear it first, so you can actually reach out and try to figure out how to expand into Singapore. You can definitely Google me at Bernard Leung. You can. This show is co-produced by Carolyn and myself. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast, uh, Himalaya, Spotify, and recently Luminary. Drop us any comments, feedback that you have. And most importantly, if you have any thoughts to what we want to do for the live show in September, let me know. And uh, many thanks, Talasin, uh, for coming on the show. And I wish you all the success and I hope to speak to you again.
1: Thank you very much. A real pleasure today.